0: to Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church for Christ Church and for all who would listen in. Uh, my name is John Payne, I'm the senior minister of Christ Church Presbyterian, and I'm here with my co host, Dr. Gabriel Williams. Good to see you, Gabe. It's good seeing you. And Happy New Year!
1: Happy New Year!
0: It's been uh, a couple of weeks since we have recorded, and uh, here we are now in 2024. It's hard to believe huh? it's a
1: new year. 2023 went by very quickly it, uh, for it me, did. it
0: did, <laughs> and uh, we're uh, here uh, this morning at uh, Christchurch Studios uh, to talk about uh, New Year's Resolutions. Uh, it's on everybody's mind, it seems, and uh, New Year's Resolutions uh, are something that we, we do because we all want uh, that fresh start. We want that new beginning, and uh, is there a better time to, uh, to make these fresh starts and new beginnings than at the beginning of a new calendar year? And uh, interestingly, Gabe, I uh, heard recently about an article uh, from last year in Forbes Health Magazine that uh, New Year's resolutions tend to not last very long.
1: (laughs) Well, yes. Uh, And this shouldn't be a surprise, (laughs) of course, to
0: any uh, of those who are listening. Uh, They actually mentioned that there are days dedicated to uh, the... Breaking of resolutions. The breaking of Mm -hmm. of New Year's resolutions. Um, And one of those, I think, is January the the 18th, uh, which is called Ditch New Year's (laughs) Resolutions Day. Uh, And then uh, also, it was mentioned that only 12% of people make it past four months in their resolutions. Now, there are some very practical ways uh, to guard against the breaking of resolutions. I think one, uh, Gabe, is to not uh, make such large commitments yes uh, for instance don't make a resolution for the year make one for 60 days <laughs> 90 it? days mm-hmm. and after you get to that mark you know then then make another 60 or 90 day or 30 day even uh, commitment uh, but uh, there are other things that we should talk about when it comes to new year's resolutions because we're not talking about these things merely as um, just people but as christians mm-hmm. as those who are committed to uh, a walk with the Lord and wanting our lives to honor and glorify God. And so there are ways to think about New Year's resolutions uh, that are biblical.
1: Exactly. It's interesting when we talk about New Year's resolutions, one of the things that comes up is how do people set proper goals? and. Probably some of the listeners uh, may have read a book uh, the last two or three years on this concept of goal setting versus system setting. And there's a a famous quote from an author named James Clear who says the following, that we tend not to rise to the level of our goals, we tend to fall to the level of our systems. And what that's meant to imply is that the system that a person has is their normal day-to-day routines by which they live their entire lives. Often people have kind of grandiose goals that they strive for, but they don't really have a foundation by which you can even spring from it. And although that's kind of a secular kind of goal setting idea, I think there's a analogy when it comes to the Christian life is that there are many high aspirational things that will be considered godly. There are a lot of godly ambitions one can strive for, but you cannot even attempt to get there unless you have the basics and the foundation right and that's why one of the things that we always speak about in this church and we hear often from the pulpit is what is the foundation for christian discipleship and it starts with what you've always heard everyone say here about the ordinary means of grace and what goes on on the Lord's day. lord say worship think of that as the foundation if the foundation is flawed in a sense that you have erratic attendance at the Lord's Day morning and evening, you have erratic uh, family worship in your home, you have perhaps inconsistent times in which you have private and personal devotions to the Lord, you you shouldn't be surprised that you don't reach the grandiose goals you set during the time of a new year. So that's why I think before you kind of start looking at what should I reach for in terms of the new year, The first question you have to ask is, is my foundation in terms of Christian piety set and established?
0: So Gabe, if I'm hearing you right, the focus really ought to be not on what it is that I want to do, but who it is I want to be. There we go. And from our Christian identity, we live a life that is (laughs) honoring and glorifying to God. And so it's not about achievements, Hmm. primarily. Exactly. Or getting things done. It's about being the man or the woman that God has called you to be.
1: Exactly. And the Lord has given us many basic rhythms in which we are to arrange our lives. And this isn't something talked about very often anymore, but this is why there used to be things like virtue training in previous generations. And that's because virtue and character is not just the things you do, it is who you are as a person and who you are as a person is dictated by the actual normal day-to-day routines that you do year in and year out. And so that's why, for example, if you think about this from a Christian point of view, consider that every year, one of the more basic things that people strive for is consistent reading of the scriptures, which is why we have all these Bible reading plans. You can get, I think, 10 to 15 of them on the Ligonier website, for example. But what that's meant to kind of train you to do is not to think about your life as just reaching towards this goal. Hey, I've read the Bible once in a year. It's so that you get the habits, the virtue of actually sitting down, blocking out time out of your life and reading, studying and meditating upon the scriptures. So who you are is going to determine everything and who you are is not dictated by the Acts of occasional goals that you try to achieve. It's based upon what you normally do day in and day out. And so that means when I first think about any sort of real New Year's resolution, I first think of what is my consistent pattern that I do week in, week out. And Fortunately in the Scriptures, we have a very clear pattern. We have six days of work, one day of resting in the Lord In terms of Lord's Day worship. So we have a week pattern that you can evaluate. You have 52 weeks to do that. You can evaluate it over 52 weeks. You can also then look at what's going on, for example, at the Lord's Day. And that becomes a key component of how the rest of your week begins to unfold. Now,
0: we've taken up entire episodes on the doctrine of the Lord's Day, yes. and the practice of the Lord's Day, mm-hmm. and uh, we should do it again this year. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms of this, you know, mentioning it briefly, this is perhaps one of the biggest things we should recommit ourselves to. Mm-hmm. You know, this That's right. This is one of the biggest things that we should uh, reprioritize in our lives, in our families. And here's the thing, our culture, uh, particularly when it comes to youth sports, mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, consumerism, entertainment, um, professional sports, mm-hmm. the Lord's Day has become every other kind of day besides the Lord's Day. Exactly, And that's true even for many well-intentioned, good-hearted Christian believers, many mm-hmm. who are even in Reformed churches. Mm-hmm. And of course, the diminishing of Lord's Day evening worship in mm-hmm. all but 12% of PCA churches across the country mm-hmm. is communicating something That's that true. no longer is it the Lord's day, but it's the Lord's morning. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the day is dedicated to, to, to whatever. Um, and so, rededicating ourselves, recommitting ourselves to Sabbath observance is directly linked to who we are mm-hmm. as Christian believers. And it's directly linked to what we confess
1: exactly. the Bible to
0: teach. It's the fourth commandment remember the Sabbath day to keep mm-hmm. it holy. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He's given the Sabbath for us. Mm-hmm. Why? To Renew fellowship and communion with God every single week. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Gay, but I need that. Exactly. I need that constant reminder every week that God is God and I am not. Mm -hmm. And that the church is so important in my life as a Christian. And the means of grace are central.
1: I think Michael Horton says that it's not the extraordinary... um, acts of devotion that sets the standard for your life and produces the most growth it is the ordinary sometimes invisible things that are going to be foundational to the christian's growth and so let's make this practical the amount of time that you spend for example uh, in the lord's day morning and evening worship so if you are the sort of person who does both morning and evening worship that means you've done over 100, you've listened to over 100 sermons in a given year. It means that you've heard over 100 pastoral prayers from the pulpit feeding into your soul. It means you've gone through the deliberate cadence of confessing sins and receiving an assurance of pardon. You've done that a 100 times in a given year. That's not just something that becomes thrown off easily becomes the pattern of how you think and it becomes a foundational link to how your life is oriented it becomes a situation where you're not hiding sin because you get into the pattern of confessing and receiving assurance of pardon from the lord and isn't it
0: important gabe that we understand that the christian life is one that grows in community mm-hmm. and so to sort of listen to a sermon on your way to work on a Tuesday morning rather than go to church on the Lord's Day and mm-hmm. be with God's people and to be with your people mm-hmm. and to hear from your pastor, it's not the same thing. Exactly. It's not the same dynamic. And there, there are a lot of things we could say about that, but here are just a couple of them. Your pastor <coughs> knows you. That's right. He loves you. And when on a Lord's Day morning and evening, when the minister is proclaiming God's word and making application not only are you hearing from your pastor who knows you and loves you but you're also in a community of believers that knows you and loves you and you're all collectively hearing this truth together mm-hmm. and so then there becomes there becomes this sort of mutual accountability right like, oh we know this now mm-hmm. and you're not always necessarily thinking about this in the tip of your brain but but deep inside you understand that you're hearing this truth together as a church family, and now mm-hmm. we are all accountable to respond Amen. to that truth by faith and obedience. Exactly. To hear sermons from a pastor you don't know, in the you know in the car on your own, it, mm-hmm. it's a it's a blessing, and you can be much encouraged by it. I sure have over the years been encouraged by sermons. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to podcasts, but when you're listening to your pastor in the context of your congregation. There is a spiritual dynamic there that is so important for Christian maturity.
1: Exactly. And this goes back to the, the basic the point that kind of starts this episode with, instead of thinking about all the things I have to do to make myself better and to achieve certain goals, let's start at the foundation. The Lord has given gifts to the church. One of those gifts will be your pastor, one of those gifts will be your ruling elder, you have deacons given to the church. And so these are all gifts that God has given you. And
0: word and sacrament,
1: and and sacrament. it will be a neglect of those gifts to just simply treat them as if you can take them or leave them whenever you feel like it. And that's
0: one of the challenges in our digital age mm-hmm. is thinking that there are replacements yeah. for face-to-face embodied worship. Mm-hmm. where we are together as a church, hearing God's Word preached and read, hearing the prayers, confessing our faith together, mm-hmm. hearing people singing next to you and encouraging your soul, and coming to the Lord's table, exactly. witnessing baptisms. You cannot do these things on your own mm-hmm. uh, or on your way to work. And again, those things can be a blessing, and but we don't want to try to sort of cobble together a spirituality through digital media Mm -hmm. when God has given us the church and these things have not changed even though digital media has changed the world these things have not changed the essence of biblical spirituality.
1: Now one of the other aspects that comes with just thinking about the New Year's resolution idea is just to remember how precious time is in itself. It's not accidental that at the turn of the new year, we always think back to our year in terms of how we spend our time and what we invested in. And as was you know suggested earlier, it is very easy if we're not paying attention to allow all of our time to get absorbed into perhaps good things, but not the best sort of things. And that can mean for you know families that have uh, young children, that can mean all of the various sorts of extracurricular activities that are always pulling on you from different directions. And before you know it, you realize you're spending three to four hours per week doing an extracurricular activity. Or you have other examples in terms of sports, as was mentioned before, which is a time sink. If it's not carefully guarded and regulated. But that's what a new year helps you to do, is to kind of think back to the year, and you can ask yourself the question, is the time that we're spending the best use of our time? You know, Jonathan Edwards would say it this way, that unlike everything else in life, you can, if you lost all of your possessions, it is possible for you to regain your possessions but there's no way you can regain your time. Once the time is gone, it is gone. You do not get it back. And that means a good New Year's resolution is to first reflect upon the time that was spent doing things that are either frivolous, meaning not at all important, or basically doing things that we know kind of stretches us in multiple directions away from the most foundational things that we need. And it's already been mentioned, but The church is not an accidental or an occasional thing we need just to boost ourselves to becoming more spiritual. The Lord himself designed the church to be the foundation, the mother, so to speak, of how we ought to grow, how we ought to be nourished. And that means one very foundational thing a person can do is to rededicate themselves, not just to personal piety in terms of devotion, but to, in a sense, church piety. So there's a lot of examples of this, but uh, some examples that I think about would be if you're a family that hasn't attended, for instance, the um, Lord's Day prayer meetings in the morning, this would be a good time to consider a way to use your time in a more profitable sort of way. And I mean, Pastor John could speak about this, but like all things that happen uh, in church schedule or in life, There's the ambition to do things. You know, typically a prayer meeting starts with a lot of people in January. And then if you kind of watch February, March and April kind of go by, we begin to see that some of those commitments we originally made kind of fall off in that sense. But a new year is a good time to basically make that decision in your mind that a prayer meeting is not just a optional occasional thing that is just helpful it is the Lord's given it to us as a way to strengthen and to grow us in the faith. And for
0: those uh, church members who haven't had the blessing of, of coming to the prayer meeting, uh, the prayer meeting uh, takes place on Lord's Day mornings at 8.50 a.m. and it lasts for about 25 minutes. And uh, we we pray and it is such an encouraging time. I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite times of the week, hearing God's people Calling upon the name of the Lord, praying for people within the church, praying for revival, praying for renewal, praying for the blessing upon the word, praying for our missionaries. It is such an encouraging time. And it's interesting, you know, we would all say that prayer is so important and so Mm. central in the life of the church and the Christian, and yet one of the most poorly attended meetings Mm. is the prayer meeting. That's right. And that's not just true at Christ Church. Uh, we have a you know a, a growing prayer meeting but it's not very well attended and that's true of most churches who still have one gate. Mm-hmm. most churches have jettisoned the prayer meeting it yeah. used to be common and normal exactly. for every church to have a dedicated congregational prayer meeting and now it's it's hard to find one and the mm-hmm. reason is so few attend they end up just ditching it yeah uh, and so I would encourage all of our people to make a New Year's resolution to come to the prayer meeting. And mm-hmm. this is a meeting where you can come with your kids. Now, if you have small, squirmy uh, uh, children, then it's understandable if, if there's gonna be a season where you're not able to attend. But there are so many in our church uh, without young children uh, who could come. and right. um, and And those with young children who can sit still for 20, 25 minutes during a prayer meeting should come. And think mm-hmm. of, how encouraging this will be to your kids, hearing the people of the the church praying, praying for them, praying for the covenant children, hearing their own dad and mom praying in the context of the prayer meeting. It Mm -hmm. is such a blessing. And so I would encourage all of us uh, at Christ Church to make a New Year's resolution to attend the prayer meeting. Mm -hmm. And then directly after is Sunday school at 9.30. And so really you're you're only talking about getting the church... uh, 40 minutes earlier than usual, Hmm. and uh, the time will be very well spent. That's right.
1: Now, kind of one of the last things I, I think about is let's assume that, you know, you are starting from square one. You see yourself last year. You see there are many kind of things you want to kind of patch up with your life. There's an acronym that I learned in my college days for goal setting that I still remember today, and it's called SMART you should set SMART goals. SMART, the S stands for specific, meaning not just a a goal that's open-ended and in a sense vague, but specific. So for example, when it comes to, for instance, the prayer meeting, a specific goal would be, I want to attend at least once or twice a month, something very specific to start with. M stands for measurable. That means you can actually detect whether or not you're doing it or not. A stands for attainable. There are many goals you can set that you obviously cannot reach. And that's one of the challenges of New Year's resolutions is that people make goals that they obviously can never obtain. And so after 14 days, frustration kicks in and they just throw everything away. That also connects to the R, which is realistic (laughs) in this sense. Nt just stands for time sensitive, meaning you have a way to track this not over the entire year, but take it month to month, 30, 60, 90 days, and you can actually measure where you're standing. Because again, it's tempting to put a goal so far into the future that the motivation to keep it going tends to wane. And so that means for all goal setting, whether it's uh, related to personal devotions or related to firming up matters of your devotion to the church, there are ways to kind of go about this so that you have consistent motivation throughout. And that's why I say set smart goals that are actually able to be attained and that you can actually have the motivation to achieve. That's really
0: helpful, Gabe. Thank you for that. And uh, we do hope that this discussion has been uh, encouraging to you and uh, there are lots of New Year's resolutions. Uh, many of them are connected to uh, health and diet and exercise and uh, job goals and uh, different things. And all of these are good, And uh, but we want to encourage our, our congregation um, to be committed to the life of the church. Um, to corporate piety, uh, to Lord's Day observance and uh, the prayer meeting and Sunday school and morning and evening worship. I promise in 30 years, 40 years, you will not look back and think, boy, I wish I just wouldn't have spent so much time praying. Uh-huh. I wish I wouldn't have attended the evening worship. I wish I would have done something different with my time. I wish I would have watched more Netflix. Um, you, you will never say that. Um, we will all have regrets. Uh, at the end of our life, and we will all wish we had done things better. Um, But the one thing we will not regret is engaging in corporate piety and raising our children uh, to see that these things are an absolute priority in our homes over everything, Mm -hmm. and that they see us making sacrifices as it concerns uh, corporate piety in the life of the church. Uh, And so while there are most certainly things pulling us and tugging at us from all different directions. Um, we want to encourage you today to make New Year's resolutions that are smart uh, and that will uh, be the outflow of your identity in union with Christ. Well, it's been great to be with you today. We hope you'll join us next time on Between the Times.